Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Hello, and welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. I trust you're enjoying the day, and our program today is all about bringing more peace and happiness into your life from this day forward, and I'm confident that my two guests today will convince you that one, regardless of present circumstances, you and only you are ultimately in control of your emotions and of your outlook for the future, routinely happy or sad, peaceful or stressed out, and two, driving negatives out of your mind may be much easier than you think. Happiness is just a thought of way. And to begin today's program, let me ask you two questions. One, do you wish you could spend more, most of your time laughing, smiling, and feeling joyful? And would you prefer to awaken each morning looking forward to the day ahead, confident uh, that the vast majority of days, weeks, months, and years to come will go your way? Well, I'm 100% certain that your answer to both of these questions is yes, because who in the world wants to spend their days moping, regretting the past, routinely dreading and obsessing over what might occur today and tomorrow? And since every one of us would prefer to live out our lives happy, lighthearted, and stress-free, an obvious next question arises, why can't we? Well, my first guest today, author and motivational speaker Jim Ryan, is here to talk about three common mistakes that can make you miserable, and more importantly, he's here to suggest some simple, easy ways to lighten up. And here's his bio. Jim Ryan is founder and president of Jim Ryan Talks, an organization dedicated to the cultivation and development of each individual's potential for living a life full of joy, fulfillment, and success. And he's a motivational coach, speaker, and workshop leader who's inspired tens of thousands by sharing his simple happiness message. And he's author of the 2014 book, Simple Happiness, 15 Easy Ways to Lighten Up, which has received brave reviews. He's also author of the Aha Moments and Aha Moments book, too, a compilation of little sparks of daily insight. And hello, Jim Ryan. It's indeed a pleasure to welcome you to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Thank you, Roy. Happy to be here. Well, let's begin with a negative. What are those three common mistakes so many of us make that lead us away from happiness and make us miserable? Well, in no particular order, one of them is a lot of people think my happiness lies out there in my circumstance. If this breaks my way, I can be happy. But if it doesn't, I'm not going to be happy. Happiness really, as you pointed out in your intro, comes from the inside. It's it's a question of how I see things, not the things themselves, but how I how I frame every instance in my life. It's all about intention. It's not yeah, what it's happens. It's all about perception and reality rather than what. Yeah, because everybody's reality is different, and I choose how to see the circumstance. The yeah. second one is we take too much for granted. You know, we, we feel entitled. 
we don't focus on gratitude. I always tell people gratitude is the place to start. I open my talks by giving the audience an option. I say, raise your hand if you'd rather not feel good during the day. <laughs> Nobody raises their hand. We don't no. want to feel good. And the simplest way to do it is to experience gratitude. Be grateful. Yeah. And so many people just take things for granted. I start off by saying, what's your thought as you throw your legs over the side of the bed and stand up in the morning? I say, it could be, thank God I can get out of bed by myself. Yeah, you know, it probably is, oh, God, it's weekday again. I don't, well, I don't want it. to get out but, and go Why work. think that? Why not just be grateful for that mundane ability to get out of bed? And the That's third one, the point. third thing that people think, is they, they think they're stuck. They think they can't make any changes in their life, but they're dead wrong, Roy. Yeah. Yeah, when somebody says I'm stuck, the good question is why. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we're doing it to ourselves. Yeah, who and you have a referee out there that says no, you uh, are penalized, you can't move forward now. <laughs> That's right. We we penalize ourselves with our limiting yeah. thoughts. Yeah. Well, in your book and speeches, you tell us that uh, not everyone or that every one of us has a natural state of mind that's peaceful, suggest, successful, low stress, and joyful. What do you mean by the term natural state of mind? Well, you know, I break it down into two parts. We have our thought systems. This is, this is how we see the world. We've developed our, way, our, our view of the world through, through our living, through our uh, parents, through our teachers, through our coaches, and we've got a view of the world. And, and that's not all bad, but that's where a lot of the stressors are. But we yeah. also have this natural state of mind where there's peace and joy and tranquility and relaxation and our genius. And it's, it's just a question of... of accessing this natural state of mind when we're in the throes of a negative downward spiral. Yeah, these thoughts overwhelm that natural state of mind. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, our natural state of mind is one of peace and joy, not the yeah. other way. See, yeah. our nat we're called to be joyful people, not stressed and worried and anxious. That's, that's from our thought systems. We've developed those habits, so now we've got to try to lighten up and let those negatives go, and we do that by... By meditation, by, by sitting quietly and uh, just, let, let, you know, sitting quietly and, and breathing and paying attention to your breathing. And every once in a while, a thought will come into your head, even while you're sitting quietly. And the yeah. idea here is notice it as a thought and let it go and come back to your breathing. The, yeah. This exercise is just to show you that you don't have to hold, you know, the thoughts are just thoughts. You can let them yeah. go. And, and yeah, this little not practice. you. They're just thoughts passing that's through. All. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, every so often I hear folks remark that uh, they uh, were just born to be unhappy. It's in my genes. My parents were miserable, complained all the time, obsessed and worried over the future. In fact, is it true that emotional tendencies are 100% inherited from our parents? So there's absolute, absolutely <laughs> nothing we can do to improve our it's attitude. It's a great question, and it's, a lot of studies have been done on happiness, and the, the, the prevailing wisdom is that out of 100% of our happiness, 50% is genetic. Roy, mm. we do inherit tendencies, and I yeah. underline the word tendency. What is a tendency? <laughs> it's a leaning. It's not fixed. 10%, yeah, they good. say, is our circumstance. Was my, you know, was, did I grow up in a happy family? Was it dysfunctional? Was my neighborhood safe or was it dangerous? Yeah. And you know what the other 40% is? 
what we do with what we have. So <laughs> nobody is stuck unless they really believe they're stuck. Yeah, we have tendencies. You know, from my parents were, you know, quiet and withdrawn. Chances are I've got some of those tendencies. And the negatives that you just spoke about, I have those tendencies. But that doesn't mean I can't make new pathways in my brain. They're doing all kinds of studies about how flexible the brain is and what yeah. all we can do to make our lives better. Yeah, it's amazing how little... Uh that 10% of the circumstances, how little impact that really has. On, uh... Absolutely. You know, so, yeah. So my, my question is, okay, fine. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do now? You can wallow in your, oh, woe is me, I had no advantages, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. You had a disadvantaged you know, childhood or early life. What are yeah. you going to do now? That's the whole <laughs> question. It's so pointless to go back and worry about those disadvantages you had as a child. That's right, but some people own them, and they identify with them, and they talk. That's all they think about and talk about is how bad they have it. Well, that's the 40%. If only only I'd finished my education, if only I were better looking, or if only I had lost some weight. Right, right. What about, uh, okay, what are you going to do now? That's the question. Okay, fine. What now? So you and I do have a choice over whether our minds are dominated by positive or negative thoughts. And the good news is you tell us that happy people are responsible for their own positive thinking. But give us a hint. What's the best way to ensure that uh, happy thoughts take charge of our emotions and uh, push out those negative thoughts that have been bugging us so long? We got to be aware, Roy. You know, so many of us live by default. We just assume yeah. this is my life, and if you got to decide that you want to have a better life. People ask me, Jim, I want to be happy. How, how do I get started? I say, number one, you got to want to be happy. You have to understand it's possible. Intention is so important. And number two, gratitude is the place to start. When we're thinking a thought of gratitude, we feel good. And the more we can train our brain, it's really, we're, we're creatures of habit. We continually think the same thoughts. Yeah. But if we can focus on, on, our, on our abundance, on our gratitude versus our lack, all of a sudden our life starts to get better. Nothing changes, but everything changes. Because I love respect- the way you, you talk about getting up in the morning and uh, being gra- grateful that you can get out of bed uh, yeah. without assistance because so many people can't. And, yeah. and then, you go then in I the bathroom, my, you're, you're grateful for your indoor plumbing and not Absolutely. Thinking. That's what I say. What do you, what's your thought as you go down to the bathroom? And they laugh. <laughs> and I say, but, you know, thank God I got indoor plumbing. These two little <laughs> silly thoughts can put can change your life because you start to be grateful for the mundane things taking that's one of the that's one of the mistakes people make they take it for granted but boy yeah. when you start thinking of gratitude your life changes yeah i remember back in 1993 we had this flood in des moines that flooded the uh, waterworks and for a period of over a week we couldn't have we didn't have any running water <laughs> And you had to, you know, you saved a little before they cut it off and put it in the bathtub if you were lucky. But, yeah. uh, you know, you couldn't take a shower. You couldn't uh, flush the toilet. You, <laughs> so many things you couldn't do. And it really makes you appreciate being able to turn on the, 
the faucet once it came back on. <laughs> we had a similar experience here on Long Island. Where we had the Superstorm Sandy five years ago. We had no, I mean, the, the South Shore was devastated. I live on the North Shore. We lost our power. So how do you think I felt when a week passed and I flipped that switch and the power came back on? Yeah, power. Yeah. I was cheering. <laughs> yeah. Now i got to remind myself to be grateful for the power. We tend That's to so. fall back into our default you know, taking things for granted. So it's an effort. Yeah. It, yeah, it takes it takes an effort to you know to make it happen. And once you start being grateful for the little things, then you start being grateful for everything. It, it kind of becomes ingrained, and you're just grateful to be alive, and you're you're grateful that you have an opportunity to go out and make the good things happen. And and the other stuff is still there, Roy. You know, the bad stuff is there, but it doesn't matter because you're focusing on your abundance and which on, on the good things in your life. Energy flows where attention goes. You start <laughs> focusing on what you're grateful for, more things are gonna come into your life. Or at least you'll notice them. They're there yeah. already, but you'll notice them and be grateful and feel good. Well to be uh, to be happy is that do I have to achieve a lot? Does it mean um depend on how much you achieve or how much you earn or how many material possessions you accumulate is that the way to get happy well that's that's one of the mistakes people make they think it's out there they think it's what i have that's going to make me happy you know it's it's all backwards it's all i mean and we see it so often in our society especially in america how people yeah. with seemingly you know abundant in material things are miserable yeah. It's so crazy. People are so misguided, and, and we're bombarded through the media. Oh, you got to have this, you got to have that. And we always compare ourselves to others instead of yeah. just being grateful for what I've got in, in my own life. Yeah, that's so true. Well, your book subtitle is 52 Easy Ways to Lighten Up, and obviously we don't have time to cover all 52, but can you please uh, give us two or three of those uh, uh, steps we can do to make our life more enjoyable going forward? I love that title, yeah. <laughs> 52. Well, first of all, Roy, you can get the book on Amazon, and, and you're gonna, people love the book. It's not an expensive book. It's it's simple, but it's not unsophisticated. You're and you'll say, you know what, I'm going to try that. Yeah. You know, the, and it, there's a, the whole, you know, wide range of ideas in in the book, and everything may not resonate with you, but but there's a lot there that's going to make sense. Um, it's a long life is one that I like. You know, we we have. Hopefully, we have time. Every day, we have a chance to do a little bit better than yeah. uh, than the day before. And that's one of the nice things about life is it comes around pretty much the same thing every day. So we've got an opportunity every day to, to do a little bit better. Are your antennas up? You know, I wake up in the morning, and, you know, some people uh, slump over and say, good God, morning. Yeah. And I wake up and I raise my hands and I say, "Good morning, God." And I think <laughs> I want, and I say to myself, "I wonder what good is going to come my way today." And, and well, you know, so I'm looking for good things, and that yeah. that's that energy, that focus. Uh, and there's so many good things in this book. I, I, you know, get get the book. You're going to love it. If you don't like the book. Let me know. My, my contact is, information is there. I'll, I'll refund your money. If you buy it on Amazon, I'll send you a check back. Because <laughs> people buy the book, and they either they read it again, and they underline certain sections that resonate, or they'll give it to someone they care about. Yeah, it, It's been a wonderful experience writing this book. Yeah, well, uh, here's another question. Based on your experience as a coach and a consultant, is the following statement true or false? One of the best ways to be happy is by doing things for others. Oh, oh. It's that's another chapter in my book is volunteer. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, and it doesn't have to be a, a formal thing, but you know, so many people are stuck and, and they're sad and they're you know they're, uh, they're you know they're not happy. They're miserable, and they and they maybe 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 there's a physical reason for it. Maybe it's a mental reason for it. But I find that volunteering and getting out it is the best thing you can do. It, volunteering gives it, volunteering. I de, I define it as doing something for somebody else to make their life better and not get paid for it. Yeah. Number one, you feel good because you're helping somebody. You can't help yeah. it. I don't. Know, the Dalai Lama said you can't help but make someone else happy and not be happy yourself and number two it gives you perspective you find out that there's a lot of people out there that are way worse off than you and it puts you in a position of being grateful for what you've got even if it's not a lot the perspective is valuable you know helping others is huge yeah i remember years ago i was between jobs and was all down and upset and then i got into a helping a couple other fellows who were starting up a business. And I, I suddenly was really enjoying life and uh, turned my whole attitude around, and I shortly found my own job shortly thereafter. And it, it, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that I was uh, working for somebody else rather than just thinking about my own problems. Absolutely. You know, activity is important. And, and, and whether it's exercise, that can be helpful, taking a walk, uh, reading a book, you know, rather than sit, sitting and ruminating about your your perceived negative situation, get active. Follow, you know, there's so many places you can help out. You can help out in your church. There's all kinds of ministries in churches, in civic organizations, in food pantries. Just get out and help someone else's life be better. You can't help but lift yourself up. No, and you make connections with uh, people, positive people with similar attitudes, and that that uh, reinforces how you feel about yourself. Well, that's it's a great big part of it because you're, other volunteers. You're going to rub shoulders with with like-minded people who are giving yeah. of themselves, and you get inspired by them. Yeah. Absolutely, Roy, you're right on. So, where's the, the best place to go to preview and purchase your book? Simple Happiness is on Amazon, is it? Or, it's, uh, it's on Amazon. It's on all the all the uh, you know webs, uh, BarnesandNoble.com. You can get the book on my website. Also, you can go to my website, JimRyanTalks.com, and there's a there's a, a page where you can buy the book. And if you buy the book directly from me, I sign it for you, and I'll, I'll make it pers- uh, I'll personalize the book for you. Great. Uh, so a lot of people do that too because they like to have the signature of the author because it's a little more personal, a little more meaningful. Yeah, and that's also where they should go if they want to find out. Uh, say they wanted to arrange to have you as a speaker. Or, uh, oh yeah, there's, uh, my contact information is there. I've got a number of videos. The one that you mentioned before we came on the air, and there's a section where I'm interviewed on TV on a, a three or four different occasions, and oh. and again. Those interviews are valuable. You know, it's, yeah. it's like we talk about the book, and you know, and, and you really get a lot out of the out of the uh, these interviews. So they're right there on the website, free of charge. Go to jimryantalks.com. Yeah, and I love also, that uh, that sample speech you had on. <laughs> yeah, there's a little 20 minute sample of me giving a talk to a large audience, uh, yeah. and you know, there's some of the meat right there. So you get to see me for free, and then you can sign up. For my aha moments, every Wednesday, Roy, oh. I send out a little uplifting thought every Wednesday, and there's a page right on the on the front page of my website. All you do is enter your email address, and you'll you'll hear from me every Wednesday. And people oh, love those great. too. 
Well, in conclusion, I love this quote from Mary Kay Ash, and you women, I'm sure, will know about her and her pink Cadillacs. Uh, she said, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And when you think about it, that statement makes so much sense because, of course, you and I cannot control everything good or bad that happens in the world around us, but you and you alone are what uh, can determine what you think about things and how you react. And here's one piece of common sense advice that I'm sure uh, Jim would agree with. If you want things to change, you have to change something. I think you said that in your book or somewhere. Yep. <laughs> and yep. I got that. Day, I got I got that from one of the guys that I teach in the jail. He says, if, if you want something to change, you got to change something. <laughs> and, and it's your thoughts. That's where you yeah, start. Yeah, you don't just thoughts. sit around and waiting for a, a lottery oh. winner. <laughs> yeah, not going not gonna to happen. Something to drop down from the sky. And this, is right. the very, this very day is the time every one of us, including you and me, deserves to be happy and fulfilled. That's our birthright, and that's our natural state. But change won't happen on its own. And it won't happen without you changing your thinking. Recognize those negative thoughts that are there, but they don't have to stay. And uh, the good news is Jim Ryan assures us happiness is simple, not extremely difficult to attain. But it all starts with suppressing those negative thoughts and emphasizing the positive. And it's time to put our heads together, uh, our thought patterns tuned into our joyful, stress-free, natural state of mind. And to get started, I highly recommend you preview and purchase Jim Ryan's book, Simple Happiness. You're sure to benefit from those 52 suggestions to lighten up. And thanks, uh, Jim, for uh, everything, and best of success with all your ventures. Well, thank you, Roy. It's been a real pleasure. Wow, what a refreshing interview. I'm certain you'll agree after listening to uh, Jim Ryan and his comments. I'm more convinced than ever that driving the negatives out and letting happiness in is a lot easier than most of us think. And I urge you to follow up on those simple steps that he suggests in order to tune into that joyful, stress-free, natural state of mind that we were all born to experience. And to reinforce Jim Ryan's suggestions, and before we go, I'd like to highlight some scientific research that informs us that it is possible, believe it or not, to change personality later in life at middle age and beyond. In other words, you're not destined always to be a grouch or unhappy in life. And I discovered this research in an article by Glenn Ruffinock in the, uh, I may have mispronounced that name, in the April 23, 2018 Wall Street Journal. And uh, the article begins by asking, are you happy, satisfied, and content with the person you see in the mirror? <laughs> or would you, uh, if you could, would you change one or more aspects of yourself? And I would think probably about 95% of us would answer yes. And here's the great news. You can, says the article. And that's according to research by Dr. Gary Small, professor of psychiatry at UCLA, he suggests that folks like us, despite long-held beliefs to the contrary, can change fundamental character traits for the better. And the process can begin at any age. Isn't that great? Dr. Small tells us it's never too late to change our personalities in order to live a happier life. And in addition to Dr. Small, the Wall Street Journal interviewed Gigi Borgon, co-author with Dr. Small of the book, Snap, 
change your personality in 30 days. That sounds exciting, doesn't it? And also Dr. Mark Ogrenin, author of the new book, The End of Old Age, Living a Longer, More Pleasurable Life. I like the title of both those books, and I'll have to check them out. Now, Dr. Small's results from over 200 well-controlled studies shows that we can change our personalities if we choose to, and a meaningful change can be achieved in as quickly as 30 days. Isn't that amazing? Better yet, because of the great variety of self-help therapies that work, positive uh, personality gains don't necessarily require help from a mental health professional. No, you don't have to run out and hire a psychiatrist to psych you out. The Wall Street Journal reporter asked, what traits or parts of our personality can be changed to help us improve our lives? And the answer was five major groups, extroversion, openness, emotional stability, agreeableness, and conscientiousness. And that sounds to me like five great positive personality traits to to have if you want a joyful, carefree daily living, doesn't it? And uh, one individuality, or our individuality, excuse me, is determined by where we fall on the spectrum, according to Ms. Morgan, uh, the spectrum within each of these personality categories. And when asked, for example, how changing one of these traits could improve a person's life, Dr. Small cites a lonely middle-aged divorcee or widow or widower who has the goal to get out more to meet new people. Now, let's say in the past, by his or her nature, he or she may have been shy and retiring, and for him or her, increasing extroversion and emotional stability may be important, and she can change this, or he. For folks who remain married, on the other hand, adjusting to the empty nest when all the children move out may be a challenge, especially uh, difficult when both folks retire and begin to get on each other's nerves. And I know that's happened to a lot of friends of mine. And for one or both of the... One or both of them may need to uh, improve agreeableness, openness, and conscientiousness. Probably both of them do. Furthermore, as we pass through middle age, some of our previous physical or intellectual capabilities may seem to lessen. And here's our choice if that happens. If the time comes to reckon with age gaps in our abilities, we can find ways to accept them and try to change, or we can retreat into a more rigid, vulnerable, and often isolated circumstance. Not a pleasant uh, thought. A sad example of someone who has been too wedded to their career and never ever developed any interests, hobbies, or relationships outside of work. And upon retirement, it's like a hammer hits them. I actually knew a lady that didn't have much outside interest, and after she retired, she kept going into work frequently until the human resources people told her, no, you can't hang around anymore. (laughs) There might be some uh, compensation issues or something that came up, and that's really a sad example, isn't it? Uh, And upon retirement, that person may become quite bored, isolated, and over-dependent upon a spouse, and yet uh, never becomes attuned to that spouse's interests and uh, doesn't start living for the spouse, and that's a really unhappy situation. To be happy and make the spouse happy, that retiree definitely needs to uh, become more agreeable, open, and conscientious. 
So how exactly does a person like you or me increase our extroversion, become more agreeable, and open ourselves up to new relationships? Well, in the Wall Street Journal article, Ms. Borgen suggests four steps we should take. Step one is to consider. Let's say you're a very private person who likes to keep things to yourself, a a person most folks would describe as introverted. And by the way, please don't be judgmental toward yourself or towards anyone else. That's just the way you are. It's neither black nor white, right nor wrong. But ask yourself, if you have a relatively closed personality, is this something you'd really like to change? Would you like to remain introverted going forward? And if you say, yes, I really would like to change it, and step two is to plan, and I would add visualize and plan. Begin visualizing and planning in your mind, then experimenting with strategies that can help you become more open, and these strategies might include better listening when other people are talking. And my wife tells me I certainly need to improve upon this one. And maybe just stepping out of a tired and true daily routine, stop reading the paper first thing every morning like I do, uh, stop eating at the same restaurants, and stop watching TV for uh, the same four hours every night. And step three is acting. You know, once you uh, have been planning all those strategies and visualizing what it will feel like when you change, you've got to start acting upon those strategies because obviously nothing changes unless we act upon our intentions and try giving up some of those old habits that have been holding you back and try adopting some exciting new ones. And step four, once you start acting out routinely, ideally the time will come when your improved behaviors and thinking patterns will transition into new habits that come naturally. You don't have to think about them anymore. That will allow you to sustain progress that you have made. And uh, the question is, can older adults in particular change personality on their own? And in response, Dr. Small reminds that the age most of us become, or with age, most of us become more conscientious and less anxious. Uh, Rather than being wedded to the past and stuck in our ways, we actually become more open to change. I'm sure that's true of some, but not most people who are in their 50s and beyond. And this can make it easier to explore new options and make positive changes. The greater wisdom and perspective that comes with age and experience is an asset as well. And on this program, we we routinely talk about the advantages from 20 to 30 years of adult living. We've been there and done that, and we're not going to fall as a sucker for anything new. But we're uh, experienced in trying new things and seeing if they work. And here's a thought that makes a lot of sense. A crucial element of aging is our power of resilience. Now, uh, you may think when you reach your 50s and 60s, doesn't it make more sense to uh, stop thinking about, start thinking more about what's currently meaningful rather than uh, uh, kind of an esoteric dream about the future? As we uh, grow older, we come to realize that our bodies are less physically resilient and who knows um, who, who would question they're more uh, vulnerable to disease and injury. But also we have the benefit of years of learning coping mechanisms in the face of adversity, and this makes us psychologically more resilient, interestingly enough, even though physically we may not be more resilient. And this uh, 
Psychological resilience is a powerful tool for us later in life, enabling our minds to lead us through important changes, including our personalities. But first, we have to believe in the possibility of change and never forget the scientific research of Dr. Small and his colleagues demonstrates that such a change is possible if we want to make it. And isn't that a wonderful message of hope? And don't forget to review Jim Ryan's acclaimed book, Simple Happiness, that we talked about earlier in this program. And while you're at it, please don't forget to preview mine, A Midlife Challenge Wake Up, by Roy C. Richards. Uh, you'll find it's a comprehensive guidebook to take you from wishful thinking to a bright and joyful second half of life on your own terms. And you can find my book on Amazon, BarnesandNoble.com, or on our website, MiddleAgeRenewal.com. That's all one, uh, three words put together and spelled out, MiddleAgeRenewal.com. And that's our program for today. In closing, let me uh, offer some advice from the noted Mad Magazine philosopher Alfred E. Newman. Remember that guy from back when we were teenagers? He says, don't worry, be happy. <laughs> and it doesn't matter whether you're 46 or 76, regardless of how unpleasant you feel your present circumstances are and uh, your negative attitude uh, toward things and people and everything else in your way. You can spend the rest of your life happy if you really want to and with a few simple changes. And positive changes may be easier than you think. And that's it for today. Tune in next time when my guest will tell you that life balance is a myth, but harmony among all aspects of your life is a definite possibility. I'll see you then. Bye for now from Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com. 